This is Enjoy Cherokee Voices, a podcast recorded live to deliver in-depth conversations with dynamic people from all corners of Cherokee County. Listeners like you sink into this weekly podcast to learn more about the people that make Cherokee County extraordinary. And now it's time to get to know another neighbor. Here's your host, Jody Drinker. Hey, Jody. How's it going? Hello. How are you? Good. I've got an idea for you. A good one? Yes. You always have good ideas. Let's hear it. (laughs) I've got a guest I think that you should interview. Really? Okay, let's hear it. Who? Kevin Williams. Kevin, Chick-fil-A man? Chick-fil-A man. Let's hear it. He owns three Chick-fil-A franchises in Canton, and he has recently written a book. It's called Irrational Kindness. This is what was in our magazine. It is. And I interviewed him for the May-June edition of Enjoy Cherokee magazine. Mm -hmm. And he had such a great story. I think his journey from being young to his entrepreneurial spirit then to owning his own Chick-fil-A locations and having three of them at that. And then now writing this book, I think he's got a lot of awesome things to share. Things we couldn't fit on the page. Right. Um, in the magazine, huh? Right. All right. You think you could set it up for me? I think I could. Yeah. Do you want to interview him or should I? I think you should. Okay. I've already heard part of the story. You should share it with the county. Yeah, it's better when it's fresh, huh? Yeah. All right. I'm ready to do it. You set it up. I'll take care of it. All right. I got gotcha. you. Yahoo. Let's Woo. go get him. Let's face it, life can and will present challenges. Just take a little look-see back over the past year for proof of that. We've learned that without a doubt, we're not a one-size-fits-all kind of society, even when it comes to education. What works great for one student or family may not be the best option for another. That's where Mountain Education Charter High School comes in. Mountain Education Charter High School serves Cherokee and surrounding counties with an exceptional alternative to the traditional classroom and high school setting. And it's absolutely free for full-time students. Visit MyMEC.org today to see if Mountain Education might be a great choice for you or someone you know. That's MyMEC.org for Mountain Education Charter High School. MyMEC.org. Your first choice for a second chance. Kevin Williams. I am here with the great Kevin Williams. How are you today? I cannot believe I'm getting to be here with you guys to spend time. This is awesome. (laughs) Well, welcome. So glad you're here with your Chick-fil-A Badge on and everything. Well, I want to be official for you guys today, and I, of course, brought y'all some free chicken sandwich cards. I didn't want to be rude. You know, (laughs) I often have these cards with me, and I say, you know, who needs the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People? I just do it through my cards. You hand a card, and it's like, all of a sudden, I got an instant friend. Yeah, you're not you're not kidding. You're just walking down the hall, dealing them out. Somebody said, Santa Claus is here. Ho, ho, ho. Here we go. (laughs) Exactly. Well, Kevin, thank you for showing up today and uh, being a part of our podcast. We're very happy that you're here. You are quite a little legend here in in Cherokee County, and we're excited to help you promote your new book, Irrational Kindness, and we're going to learn a lot about you. That sounds good, and and I'm uh, I'm like I said I'm excited to be I'm excited to talk about this book. One hundred percent of the proceeds just are really going to foster adopt children. So that's where the heart of the whole thing is, and also to create a conversation with our community that you know different different than oftentimes our mind wants to go in. So that's the spirit behind it. That's good. Well, we're going to start a little further back than that. I saw you or heard you speak. I was there at uh, the One Million Cups. And you mentioned something that triggered my mind right away. I was excited to hear that you had a, a job when you were how old you started mowing lawns. Yes, I started at 12, cutting grass in my neighborhood in Summertown. It's out in Stone Mountain. And uh, I had quite the little business. I took it over for my brother's business when he went to work for Ace Hardware. And so I, I collected his grass cutting uh, customers and started just getting out there and taking my dog Ginger with me and I'd cut their grass. 
So and it was fun. How old is your brother? Your brother's older than yeah, you? Yeah, my brother's older than I am. And he, he was, I, I don't remember when, what age he was going to work for uh, getting a real job. So, uh, But I had about five yards that I cut cut in the neighborhood on a regular basis. And I dreamed of more. I dreamed of of an empire. I could all of a sudden visualize these trailers and having um, employees and how could I grow this thing into something. I never took it past myself cutting the grass uh, in the neighborhood, but uh, but I had fun dreaming of it um, mm-hmm. at that age. And by the way, my, my fees, I always crack up at my fees for cutting oh, okay. the grass back there, yeah. back then. It was $8 to cut your grass and $2 to edge your grass and sweep the driveway. So this math didn't make sense. Why I charged $8 for, to cut your grass and then only $2 for a job that would take me sometimes longer than actually cutting the grass oh my to edge and sweep. And so I don't know that my business formula, but I kept those prices uh, throughout the, you know, throughout my career of cutting grass, I actually cut grass all the way through college. These yards, I would just kind of maintain. But when I was a, when I was a teenager, I also, you kept those prices all the way through college. I never changed the price. One guy would write me a hundred dollar check every, uh, at the beginning of the summer, he'd say, just let me know when you need another hundred. Well, I had my tick mark <laughs> and then sometimes he'd like, I'm just going to give you another hundred. I think he felt sorry for me because I was out there sweeping the, uh, the driveway. So I would come and go with the different yards and which ones I would cut. But, uh, but when I was a teenager, Truett Kathy came to speak to our church. I didn't know much about Chick-fil-A, but I knew that Truett Kathy had started Chick-fil-A and he had that entrepreneurial story. And so having this idea that I just was really excited about hearing him. I don't remember eating at a Chick-fil-A. My parents, really, we didn't really eat out very much, so I don't really much know much about my ex- first experiences with Chick-fil-A eating-wise, but I remember hearing Truett Cathy come. So do you think you even knew what Chick-fil-A was, or was this man talking sort of about a chicken place you never heard of? Well, I know I knew I knew I knew faith was important to him because I knew they were closed on mm-hmm. Sunday. I knew that he um, I knew that he was had really started from a little bit very little and grown a lot. So I, I knew his story in general, general, but they were only in malls at this particular time. So the, the idea of a freestanding store like we know today with a drive through those didn't exist. So I had the interest in it, but it was really the first time I'd heard somebody of this spirit of business, of competition, being your best, you know, wanting to grow something. Yet he also equally talked about people and caring for people and how you how you did this with business how you used your business as a stewardship type thing and uh and to glorify God through your business and that would just kind of struck me as this is weird awesome and uh, I just fell in love with this the story of Chick-fil-A and what Chick-fil-A meant I'm picturing you in the audience at your church or your congregation or whatever tell me how big this was I want to know if you how was it an intimate group or was it a big group of people. It was a big group. It was outside on the softball field is what I remember. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, so we, there was tables. It was kind of a dining thing where we had eaten and then, and then he came and spoke. So it's not like I met him or anything. I Have just, you ever met him? Oh yes. Oh, oh yes. you did. You did. Oh yes. Okay. Um, so, so if you fast forward, so I'm, I'm kind of in love with this spirit of Chick-fil-A, but then when I, when I was a uh, junior at the university of Georgia, my mom was a real estate agent. She sold us a house to uh, Sonny Newton, who was uh, worked at Chick-fil-A. And she told him about me that I was, you know, a junior at Georgia. And he kind of took an interest to say, hey, wonder if you'd ever be interested in working at Chick-fil-A. So she told me about this. I contacted him and I would start to go work at Chick-fil-A's on Saturdays for free. I would just call up a Chick-fil-A and say, can I come work on your Saturday to get to know the business? And I started interviewing my, for, for probably good, almost a year I was interviewing for a corporate job, but I decided to go to work for first union bank instead of Chick-fil-A. And which is always an interesting thing. And I really think back to my grandmother really was somebody I always looked up to and got a lot of wisdom from. And in those days, the idea of working for Chick-fil-A, a fast food company, or going to banking, in her mind was like, this is not even something you would think about. You go into banking. Banking is the ultimate. At that time, that's what I decided to go to. I decided First Union Bank had an amazing training program, and off I went into banking. Okay. I banked uh, for about four and a half years. Four and a half. Mm-hmm. I was a branch manager down in Peachtree City. 
Okay. And I was loving it. I loved the, I'd really learned what I enjoyed doing of, of building a team, competing in the marketplace and trying to get the most out of a team that you could do yet also building the relationships with the community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we would do everything in the bank from having young life came and would meet in the bank. I was involved in the rotary. So I was learning what I really liked to do of, of being involved in a community. But about two and a half years into it, my brother had gotten involved in Chick-fil-A. We've got some family things going on here too. My brother's brother-in-law, yeah, my brother's brother-in-law is the first freestanding store operator with Chick-fil-A. So then my brother started working nights. He's older than I am, like we said, and he um, he started working involved in Chick-fil-A and got involved in Chick-fil-A too. So about two and a half years, I recalled up the same people I had been interviewing with and said, hey, you know, Brad's really enjoying it. Could I, could I explore this too? And they would say, hey, we don't have anything right now. Call us in 30 days. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did that for two years. They never once called me. I would call them every 30 days. And this is before a phone where you had a reminder set. It's, you know, you're using your old day timer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Hey, call Chick-fil-A. And I would call the same people and they never um, told me anything other than to call them back. They don't have anything right now, but they never told me to stop calling. And that was a nice thing that they never told me to quit bothering them. And then one day they called me and said, Hey, we got a store in Colony Square in Midtown that is losing money, but it needs an, it needs a it needs a franchisee. Would you be interested in looking at it? Was that in a mall? Is it what is Colony Square a mall? Colony Square is a downtown building. It's right on 14th Street. It's beautiful on 14th and Peach Street. It had an outside seating area that was really pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in the it's in a downtown office building, and it did okay. have a little mall associated with food a food court. But this was this was um, b- back in 1993. Right. Okay. So now you have a decision to make. You're either going to stay in banking where you are very successful or you're going to cash in your chips and jump into franchising a Chick-fil-A in downtown Atlanta. Yes. And uh, a failing (laughs) failing Chick-fil-A in downtown Atlanta. You know, it it was it was a little more difficult than you can look back on it today and say, because I was doing well in banking. I was also they had some incentives that you could you could earn our our, we had turned our our bank around from one of the least most. They, they had a, 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 they called it branch compare. We were one of the bottom branch compare stores in the, in the first union banking, uh, um, in first union, we had raised it to number two on the slot. So we had moved this, wow. this branch all the way up to number two, we were killing it and it came with some incentives. So the idea to go into, to, uh, to leave that and the incentives that came with it towards an end of the year bonus that was coming mm. was, was the idea to go into, to, uh, to, Chick-fil-A in a, in a restaurant business that I, that I hadn't been in it. But I knew the potential with Chick-fil-A. I knew how much I, my dream would always been to have it, to be involved in that, that business. And so the excitement of being able to turn something around, be a part of something that would, uh, would, could give me a career that would, that I think I felt like I could thrive in. Um, it was worth the, worth it to me. So. Okay. And your wife, Yes. And so we, um, along with this time, I'm also started taking, uh, Gwen was my friend uh-huh. and then we started dating and, uh, uh, you know, we, like I said, we had been friends for a couple of years. And then one day I got jealous cause she went on this trip and I'm like, all of a sudden I realized these weird feelings like, wait, why am I, why am I jealous that she's even gone out of town? And so I said, cause all of a sudden I was like, what if she meets somebody else or, oh, and, no. uh, so, uh, as soon as she came back, um, I asked her out on an official date. And, uh, so we got married, uh, about the time I'm starting Chick-fil-A soon after I started Chick-fil-A, we got engaged prior to me and got, got so you married. knew her in the banking. Then she, you were making this change and she knew you during the change. And she married you. And maybe I thought she's the breadwinner. So maybe that would give me confidence in this failing yeah, business. I love she it. had a computer. This is, this is awesome. She had a computer. Now this is, this is 1993 and to have a computer was, you, yeah. you know, you, you had game if you had a computer. 
I had never had a computer before. When I started Chick Fil A, there was no computers in Chick Fil A. If you wanted to, if you wanted to do anything in the, with a, you had to bring your own computer. Chick Fil A didn't have computers, no technology. But if you brought a computer, they could, they you could hook some things up and and make it work in the back of the office. So she had a computer. So I was like, not only do I like her a lot, she's got a computer, and so. <laughs> We brought her computer and plugged it up, and the um, and we had a computer at Chick Fil A in 1993. That was nice. fa- that was ahead of the game. On that note, we'll be right back with more from Kevin Williams. Knee pain is something we all have experience with. The team at Georgia Medical Treatment Center is here to help. They offer drug and surgery-free treatment plans that treat the most common sources of knee pain. They also accept most insurance plans, including Medicare and Medicaid. For a free consultation or for more information, visit them online at georgiamtc.com slash knee pain. Don't live with knee pain. Beat it. With help from our friends at Georgia Medical Treatment Center. And we're back with more from Kevin Williams. Okay, you made your move. You left the world of banking and you're headed into a failing Chick-fil-A with your new wife's 1990s computer in hand. Tell me what it was like when you walked into the restaurant for the first time. I'll tell you one thing that's kind of interesting. When it was two stories down in a parking garage was the freezer, the walk-in freezer and the walk-in refrigerator. The place in the kitchen was very, very small. It was an environment that I'm like, wow, you got to get your chicken all the way downstairs. All your most valuable product is downstairs. We're losing money. Food cost is, there's no way to make money at the level it was because people were clearly taking some food home. There was no tracking of anything. Mm. And here it was. And, uh, and, and the place was really small. Lunch would be really busy. So if you came in during lunchtime, you're like, this is a great business. The problem with some of the downtown Stores locations at that time is you were had a little window at breakfast that you were busy. Lunch would be extremely busy. The rest of the day would be uh, dead. So you were having to really be efficient and pull all this off in a little window. You needed a lot of people staff wise for two or three hours. It, it that that made it all interesting. Learning the business. How do I? How, who's stealing? What's where are people working? What's going on? And I don't know anything about fast food either. So learning it all was, was a challenge, just, you know, figuring out what Mm -hmm. to do. What was it like to walk in with these people? Were they, did they treat you nicely? Were they like, oh no, here comes another big shot? No, they were, they were awesome. And here's what, I don't know how much, one thing I fell in love with was the people. Mm -hmm. I love the people of, um, of the Colony Square. There was the characters the um, Morris, who Morris would come to work, what he'd say is, "I look as cr- if you saw him on the street, you'd like this guy's crazy." <laughs> you, he, you know, he would, he would, he said, "I intentionally dress as crazy as I can, so that nobody messes with me." Because they, uh, majority of people, all were using public transportation. There was only had one person that had a car, but you get him in there, and just the personality, his life, learning about him and Harriet and all the different people that worked there. I just enjoyed getting to know the people and letting them know that I'm part, I'm going to be part of this. They're, this is not, this is, I'm here um, to care about you, to care about this business so we can all have a job together that, so that we can have success so we can do it together for a long time. And that's a, that challenge and that spirit of getting to know them was everything. How did you get to the bottom of who was stealing? Well, it it started, you know, I say oftentimes it takes with just finding one person. Once you find that one person, maybe it's Morris, and you're like, hey, this guy really gets it and cares. Okay, now let's go find another person, and let's find another person. And, you know, because if you look at it on uh, the— One person cares about, about what? About- cares about customers, cares about the business, cares about you, cares about the numbers mm-hmm. that you're trying to do. Because in business, you're trying to do, you know, you can be great at results— and really go in and drive results and be, you know, um, heavy handed. You can also be relationships and, you know, just be all fluff and you don't get anything done and you're not going to stay around very long because profits do matter. You've got to stay profitable or we're not going to be in business very long. Mm -hmm. So it's this marrying both those things that was so, uh, 
trying to figure that balance. And sometimes you're leaning to one, leaning into the other, but finding a Morris that like, I get both these things. We've got to figure out how to do both these. We got to do these with the customers. We got to care about the customers. Mm -hmm. And it's not that they didn't care. It's just, you don't know. It's like what's going on. And you're trying to figure out what's, what's going wrong with the business. Um, was like, you know, fact finding, but I found just, if I could find one, we could then latch onto the other one. And slowly we were starting to, um, conquer conquer but i'll tell you one thing i mean it, nothing is easy in business Mm-mm. and i'm so grateful for the grind of those days because i have a perspective of of how hard it is and i have a perspective of how to really figure out how to do it on a, on a scale like that there was a time when i started when i really had an adverse uh, situation where someone that worked for Chick-fil-A kind of came in and said, Ooh, I don't like the way you're doing this. And mm-hmm. he pointed to somebody out in the playground area and said, um, th- you know, th- that kind of person out there is not what we need. Cause they're, they were ignoring some weeds that were going on. There was a couple weeds in the pat- pat- patio area and I was devastated. I mean, to tell me that I'm in this grind, in this fight, trying to figure it out. And then to tell me, you just not, you know, that I'm disappointing you really, really wrecked me. This was after about six months of working there. Mm-hmm. And I remember going home to my wife and I said, I think I'm going to leave Chick-fil-A and I'm going to go be a, a coach, uh, high school uh, coach. And I actually went and talked to my high school coach, but she said, go for it. And that it was that kind of attitude that she said, go for it. Finally, I realized you're making this way too easy. I am not giving up on this thing. It was really sweet that she said just she her confidence in me that you can do whatever really gave me the boost I needed to go back and say, I'm not going to let this defeat me. Now, I, I did say I had to learn how to kind of withstand some of that, you know, over over time. But but it certainly was something that realized, hey, that that comment doesn't define me because also they don't re- they didn't really mean it to bring me down they were using it as a observation but at the same time um it's just i just realized the struggle and how impactful words are Mm -hmm. and uh so even today i really try and say i realize you know the efforts to celebrate effort sometimes is missed in the business world or in the challenging environment we're in how long did it take you to start making a buck over there? It was soon after that, actually, a, 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 about another three or four months. All of a sudden, we made a dollar. And, uh, <laughs> Do you still have that dollar hanging on your wall? I should have. <laughs> I, I needed it to pay. I needed to pay bills at the time, so oh, yeah, I don't okay. have the. I don't have the dollar anymore. But how long did you work there? I was there about two and a half years, because what happened was Chick Fil A is growing a lot at this time. So after about, I'd say it was like I said, it was near a year. We were we had really started to turn the corner on some things and really develop. Let me ask you this: when it when you say you saw more growth, more money coming in, you were you were getting the business to be more profitable. Did the the flow of traffic? in the business change or was it just the way the business was being handled change so you still had your small group of people coming for breakfast and then you had a large lunch and the rest of the day was dead did that change or was it the way the business was being handled change well i think it's a combination of both i think the olympics were coming so Ah. that that helped some but really we we would go fight for every sale i would deliver you know a combo meal to a a downtown office i'd pull my car up this is in peachtree this is pre-olympics so you could get away with a lot of different things like pull your car up on the side of the street on peachtree and run in and drop (laughs) off a meal and come back so we just started really servicing the community i got involved in the midtown alliance really getting involved in the community i had really repeating a lot of the same things i had done earlier at the bank which is really get involved in the community and midtown had a really great community that was really awesome and so i think people sometimes do underestimate the power of the community and when you get out there and and show them that you're a part of the community even as a food fast food restaurant they trust you. There's something about the trust that's involved with that. You know, they trust your business more than if you're not involved with the community. So, yeah, that was that was a good move. Yep, you yep, continue being, to do that today, so I like that. Yeah, yeah that's, it's always been something I just found a lot of joy in. I found a lot of connection with people, and I want to meet other business people. It helps me become more sharp. More sharp. 
It le- I think our team likes to know they're part of something bigger. So that mm-hmm. team knew, hey, we're a part of the Midtown Alliance now. We're a part of something that's making a difference in the community that that's that's a um, that's building up this community. Um, so we had all kinds of fun. I just I love those that time down there because it was such a thriving time. Everything from Freaknik was going on. Oh my goodness! You had uh, you had the Olympics going on. You had all kinds of 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 things that would just out of the blue happen, and I just thrive in that. So you chose to leave down there. What was what was the decision making process for that? Did you have opportunities? Well, Chick-fil-A's growth, and, and they were starting to open up these freestanding stores, and uh, and the, the idea of being part of a community really, um, that, that not that I couldn't be part of that community, but the idea of a drive-through, the steadiness of a drive-through, a drive-through, we, you know, we'll do about 70% of our business through the drive-through. So the business aspect of handling something bigger was the next thing that, that presented itself. And so the idea of being a part of a community just excited me. So Chick-fil-A ultimately said, um, Hey, if you, if you see something that, that you want to be a part of. And so I, I found Canton on the map and saw that we're putting a Chick-fil-A here and I got excited and, and didn't know anything about Canton, Georgia. Uh, I got a call from Pam Carnes and, uh, and she kind of filled me in on some of the exciting things that were going on here and really helped me, Hey, share that this is a, this is a really an opportunity that, uh, that is going to be a big opportunity here in Canton, Georgia. So I really credit Pam with helping me think differently back in those days with just a phone call from the Chamber of Commerce here. She's been here a long time as the Chamber of Commerce president. Yes, yeah. and so uh, so she really, you know, let, shared me, opened the door into some growth. Again, I had never, I'd never been to Canton, Georgia. We were about the 100th Chick-fil-A freestanding store for Chick-fil-A. Today, there's over 2,500. It's the third largest fast food company in the, uh, in the, um, in the world. I mean, in America behind, uh, McDonald's and Starbucks, which is amazing. But at that time it was a much smaller, uh, smaller prospect. I remember going to Chick-fil-A and saying, okay, tell me about the numbers you have for Canton. Why do you think this is going to be a good location? And their answer was it's in Georgia and there's a Walmart going in that's all they had they're like so we feel like it's good i'm like okay okay and now we have three in canton yes yep and you are the franchisee for all three of them is that right yeah so it's not where i started my idea of you know when i started back then that i would that that was even a possibility because Truett had really set the business up for one restaurant per operator. But as Chick-fil-A's have kind of grown closer together and um, they eventually opened the door to two and then they, uh, they uh, now have opened the door to three locations as a possibility. Just because of the proximity, is that really the? The proximity and the impact on different locations you can have when they're building it and, uh, and then the opportunity to, to grow. Uh, so, so they've kind of changed some of the, you know, the, to open it, but it's always, they always want to keep it close. It's, it's different franchise franchise model than you'll, than anything out there. They want to keep the operation, the operator and the, uh, the people running the business very close to the business. As the franchisee of three stores, I understand you actually have a chief of staff that helps you run all three stores, and you have a general manager at each one of the locations. I I know Hayden Holcomb, and he is your chief of staff, so he helps you with all three of the stores. And then you have Hickory Flat store, who Drew Burnett, I believe, is a general manager. Uh, Cynthia Laura, she runs the Marketplace store. And the Riverstone store is run by, or is the general manager is Alex Gomez. And you are about to jump out of your seat. Is there something you want? To- Alex Gomez, yes. You know what's May 17th coming up? Or if, if, if you're hearing this after that, what you missed. What is, is what, is, what is it? Tell me. Alex Gomez Day. I mean, this thing is legit. It's actually bigger. I say it's the biggest holiday of the year. Some people say Christmas is bigger. That could be true. <laughs> But it definitely fill us in. It definitely blows away St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day has <laughs> nothing over Alex Gomez Day. 
But uh, but Alex Alex is just someone that started when he was twenty something years ago. He walked in. He had a ponytail down his down his um down his back. And uh, how did you feel about that to- ponytail? Well, that wasn't going to work in in Chick Fil A. No, you didn't care for that ponytail. No, I said the ponytail. Well, he showed me how he could tuck it up under a hat. And uh, I just remember this nice guy, and I said, "Okay, I'm, I'm, we're going to bend the rules a little bit on that. As long as I don't ever see that ponytail, you can work at Chick Fil A." Somehow, I feel like you had a scissors in your back pocket just in case. <laughs> yeah, there's several times I uh, that I could have thought about doing that, but I think that would have crushed every every uh, ounce of his soul. <laughs> so we didn't we didn't mess with his ponytail. But yeah, you know, he became a guy that I just. Uh, cheered on. And I, I saw something in Alex that's just beautiful. And he didn't speak great English. He wasn't an overbearing kind of guy. He had a meek, you know, meek in a, in a good way, just kind of a calmness about him. But I saw a guy that worked hard and worked to get better every day, whether it was his, his language, whether it was trying to learn the job and take on new things. And, uh, and I just under learned, learned about his history where he, had his father was passed away and it was electrocuted at eight when, when Alex was four, his father, um, his mother came, came over to the United States to kind of make a better way, leaving Alex and all the siblings over there. So it was about 10 years when Alex did not see his, his mother. Oh my goodness. So he's there living in poverty with a grandmother and, uh, he finally gets over here to uh, to California and gets to be with his mother. They were living in a car, you know, picking, working at, working in the fields in California. So, um, and uh, but he remembers you ask him about it, and he's like, "I just remember how happy I was to be with my mom." Here he was, he was say he was nearly passing out working on some of these days, um, and here he is a teenager doing this. Yet he remembers. Um, just how grateful he was to be with his mother and how she encouraged education. So ultimately, he started get, learning to get his GED, and uh, and then he walks in the store, store you know, in, uh, in, in Canton. In Canton, Georgia. How did he get from California to Canton? He had some family here that he was, and he remembers Chick-fil-A. I, uh, he's like, I don't, I had, I got so intrigued by Chick-fil-A because you were closed on Sunday. He couldn't fathom why a restaurant would be closed on Sunday. So that, that really intrigued him to come and figure out, wow, I could take Sundays off. So our long journey over the 20 years has been a beautiful one. It's me just cheering him on and as he, whatever he was doing, but also, you know, being able to have our relationship where I got to learn from him and how to be my best while watching him learn and grow. And then also me getting to challenge him on becoming a uh, student and we drive around and how, Hey, I said, what if you got your, you got your degree and uh, wouldn't that be awesome? And so we would drive around and figure out how we could make, how he could make this work um, with his, you know, limited education he had, have had, has, 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 (laughs) had, 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 And ultimately, he got his he got his degree, and then uh, and this May he graduates from from Reinhardt University. Oh my uh, goodness! His, his sons, his sons at Georgia Tech. He's actually going to beat his son to graduation. It's just a beautiful story. We the other day we um we recognized him with uh, um with we're sending his some, him and his family on some vacation. We're also going to recognize him with a bench up at Reinhardt University and his honor that you can go sit in and you'll just you'll just get the whole vibe of Alex, you know, and just you'll oh be ready to gosh. attack the day. And then one other cool thing is we we announced the Alex Gomez scholarship. We're going to give away 10 $2500 scholarships annually. So annually we're going to give away 25 thousand dollars in Alex's honor to students and they're coming out soon it's really cool we actually had here in Canton Georgia this year we gave we'll have given away 80 2500 dollars scholarships to team members two hundred thousand dollars we're giving away to team members right here in Cherokee County to pursue their college and um, university um, of their dreams. choice mm-hmm. of their that's choice. amazing it's just a way to walk alongside them and say, we believe in you. And here's a way to uh, cheer them on in their education. I just heard today also that Chick-fil-A as a corporation gave a half a million dollars to Morris Brown College. How about that? Did you hear about this? That's awesome. To encourage a new diverse generation of leaders. They are helping build a new hotel on campus with instructional space for students 
and the whole purpose is to revitalize its hospitality programs. Isn't that de- terrific? Uh, it is fantastic. I'm really excited. I know that Morris Brown College has gone through some some issues as of late, but not real recent late. Um, they're coming out as a shining star. But they you know the beautiful some- thing about the, what we can do for each other, and, and I like to call it wabi sabi. It's I, I don't call it that. It's a name called wabi sabi. It's the beauty of the imperfect. And when we realize and we'll look up and take our, you know, we all want to, I say, I say, I love health inspectors. They're really um, sharp health inspectors out there that come in and grade, grade restaurants. And I love that because it lets me know when I go eat somewhere, it's safe. But you know what? We don't have to be health inspectors in everybody's life, everybody, everybody's life. I don't have to grade everybody. I don't have to tell them whether they're doing great or not. How about we just cheer each other on and on the race you're running? And when we do that and realize how we can celebrate the life you're living, what you guys are doing here is amazing. You're absolutely right. We can cheer each other on. We can be optimistic. We can smile till the cows come home, right? And Kevin, you are one of our community's absolute best cheerleaders. For this, I thank you. I think we all do. We look to you for that kind of optimism. But you know what? I really think we all have bad days, right? You have bad days too, right? I have bad days. Tell me you have bad days. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and, you know, though that's where I don't ever want to be Mr. Happy, um, optimistic guy that doesn't realize life is hard because I have plenty of those things that go, I have plenty of days that I think I know everything. And then I have plenty of days that I think I don't know anything. My, you know, I can get jealous. I can get, uh, I can get, um, I can get my feelings hurt. I can get, uh, feel incompetent. I, you know, bad things can happen. Even you must have a couple of failure notches on your record, right? Oh, I have a thousand little failed things. Everything <laughs> from a, re- a resume business. I a would resume go, business. Yeah, in Georgia, I would. Re- uh, I said I'm going to start a resume business. Uh, we'd have Kiss concerts. Do you remember Kiss? I do. Okay, we had Kiss concerts, and we were going to charge people to come to our Kiss concerts, and uh, and I well, think our parents were the only ones that came, but we charged them. And uh, who was Kiss? Who did, who was singing? Oh, I was Gene Simmons. You know, when uh, with grape Kool Aid, uh, you know, cherry grape Kool Aid coming out of my, oh my mouth, goodness. and uh, um, platform shoes. Uh, we we probably rigged something up to make it look like platform shoes. Yeah. But I've so that that spirit of creativity of thinking that way what has been there. Tell uh, me another one. What what is another failed? Well, I can tell you the one that uh, there was a restaurant called Guthrie's in mm-hmm. at University of Georgia. It when I remember the first time I saw Guthrie's, I'm like it freaked me out. It had chicken fingers, fries, and Texas toast. If you saw the menu, that's all that was on the menu and it had a plate and they, they had a sandwich, but it was really like four things on the menu with Coke. And, uh, I'm like, it was packed with people. And I'm like, how does this restaurant have such a simple menu? It's so phenomenally good. They're very focused on the one thing. And I just fell in love with Guthrie's. So fast forward, I kept saying, I want to own a Guthrie's franchise. This is, this is the restaurant business that I want to be. So one day I called, the um, owner of Guthrie's and he basically told me we don't want to, we're not really interested in franchising and that this is our thing. And, um, and you know, that it wasn't was going to work out. Was it not a chain then? They had, they, they had about, uh, I think they had around six or so locations, oh, mm-hmm. but he basically said, we're not We're not really into franchising. I didn't have any money. I didn't know where I was going to pull it off, but I really <laughs> knew that if I could get a Guthrie's franchise, it was going to be, uh, perfect. Uh, so we, I decided we're going to start our own, uh, our own restaurant. And this is, this is over a year, a few years, but we tried to start our own restaurant. We went down there and did dumpster diving through there. We did, we didn't know how to, how to, where to get all the goods. So we went down there and dove through the dumpster to pull out all the different items that came with, with the, um, that they were getting their chicken from, their sauces, their ketchup, what kind of... You mean of like pieces toast? of paper that said, this is where we ordered it from? We, well, we were we were actually pulling out samples of everything. We had uh-huh. trash bags full of all their little items. Oh then we goodness. laid it all out and we started, okay, now we, we know where we can get the bread. I mean, we were basically just going to copy everything they did. And we figured out the sauce through another person that worked there and we... We had the sauce down through sampling parties and exactly how to cook it. So we were ready to go. Did you have a name? People's Chicken. It was was, uh, Think Globally, Eat Locally. 
That it was good. Oh yeah. You know, this idea of people's chicken, that it was all for the people that we were all in and it was going to make a difference in the community and uh, impact the lives of, of communities across the world through people's chicken. You know, we actually found a location. It was actually down off of Barrett Parkway, which today cracks me up because I didn't even know where Canton existed when I came to Canton, but at that time it was down off of Barrett Parkway. Somehow we found Barrett Parkway and the person was going to give us a good deal. And so we were going to lease it. But ultimately it came down to the final time you have to write a check mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I chickened out of writing the check. And so did my, so did my friends that were with, were doing it with. And so we chickened out and, and never wrote the check to start. You chickened out on the chicken. chickens pe- or people's chicken. <laughs> that's right. Oh no. All right. So, so that 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 one failed, but that's that's one of one that went went really far. Uh, some of the other ones were flashes in the pans, but the brain was always working. Whether it was the idea of real estate or, you know, the idea of owning something, um, was always mm-hmm. just uh, I, I love the idea of creating things and the business side of creating things is just connects with me. The idea of creating business, I still believe America is a country that is just getting started. I mean, it really is. The world, the news is not going to tell you that. Social media is not going to tell you that. But the idea of freedom in America, we're 200 years into it. It may seem like a long time, but it's not really. We're figuring it out. And I'm hopeful in America. It's so true because so many people are saying, this is the end of freedom. This is the end of America. But you've turned it around and said, no, this is just a bump. We're this is just the beginning. We're just getting started. And so. in the 16-year-old in the, in the you see in your drive-thru that you think um, you want to you cast your judgment on that person, um, they are. this next generation is one of the most beautiful generations of all time. They just want to know their life matters and what they're doing matters. But isn't that what me and you want? Mm-hmm. And they just want to be a part of something bigger. And when we come alongside and see that and support that, Again, they're just getting started, and they're going to do some amazing things in this world. That is correct. We are going to have a good future. They're going to have a great future. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you all so much. Thanks. I think we did some stuff. Heck yeah, we did, but we're not done. We'll be right back with a little more from Kevin Williams. And don't forget, quickie questions coming up. Goshen Valley provides peace and purpose to youth in foster care. There is an ongoing need for foster families in Cherokee County and all over Georgia. Goshen Valley is here to help meet that need. They provide safe, stable, and loving family-based models of care for those in need. Goshen Homes is a vital component of Goshen Valley. Goshen Homes understands that siblings in foster care should not be separated because they grow better together. For this reason, Goshen Homes works to recruit, train, license, and support foster families working with sibling groups in Cherokee County and the state of Georgia. If you have a little extra room in your home and heart, consider learning more about Goshen Homes and the unmatched joy you can discover by becoming foster parents. Visit www.goshenvalley.org homes. That's www.goshenvalley.org homes. In addition to being all things Chick-fil-A, I know that you're also an author, and I want to give you a little time to talk about your book. You're also a podcaster, and I want to give you a little time to talk about that, and you have a farm. So if you want to take just a little bit of time to talk about these three things. Yeah, they're all really related together. I mean, ultimately, we've called it our irrational kindness for years. I started this journey when I was, I would hand out books during my time called Coffee with Kevin. It's a time for me to connect with all our team members. And so when, when when they join our team, so I would give them a book of one of my favorite authors and Bob Goff was one of them who's an, who's the author of love does. And one, one day I actually went out to a little dream big that Bob Goff did. And I said, I, I, I kind of felt this need. What if we gave our own book away? And he kindly has joined on the journey of just cheering me on, you know? Um, and, uh, here we are with a book and really the podcast is to create conversations. Princess and I just like to talk about anything because she can keep it real. And I try and keep it real really to say, we don't mind being vulnerable. We don't have it all figured out. Um, 
you know, but we just want to make sure we live a courageous life that at least talks about these things. And I try and realize I don't have anything figured out. Um, but I do have some things figured out. I don't have everything figured out, but I got some things figured out. And if we can walk alongside together each other. And so the book Irrational Kindness is my story. And along with the story of, of leading a, a franchise uh, in, a, in a successful way. And then also um, the podcast, just create great conversations. The farm is where all the proceeds go, which is to, to uh, lift up foster and adopt children. And so we have a dream there of our 15 acres. Really, we call it where relationships are grown. And really this idea of how can we grow relationships within the community to support foster adopt children, parents of foster um, adopt children. And uh, we're just excited to see where God takes it. Great. Well, we look forward to more things, more great things from you, Kevin. Appreciate you being here today. How about this? That was awesome to spend time with y'all today. Well, we're not done yet. Are you ready for this? Yes. I got some quickie questions for you. Oh, good. Are you ready? I'm ready. Kind of a rapid fire deal. I like it. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Quickie questions. Okay, I like it. Here we go. Beach or mountains? Oh, uh, beach. Text or phone call? Text. Pork or beef? I answered both those wrong. Can you start over? I can start. Oh, oh my goodness. I thought you were kind of a decisive kind of guy. Okay, we can go back and start over. Give it to me one more time because I I know where we're going. My brain was not right on those. I'm so annoyed. You know why? This is actually what I should say is now. Yeah, I'm annoyed now because I take every question like, wait, I'm not 100% sure. I want to be always authentic and uh, and uh, and real uh-huh. and so that's why my thing like no i actually think i like the mountains better i was actually like the city best go ahead all right okay yeah okay so it's one or the other you can't say you can't get your own in there okay? i can't throw you know, my own answer no, in no, there oh gosh you this gotta limit hard. your creativity okay. all right but because i have irrational kindness i'm gonna start over all right <laughs> beach or mountains mountains text or phone call phone call Pork or beef? Can't throw beef. your own in there. Okay, Beef it was. Okay. Don't tell the cows. Please don't <laughs> tell the cows. Favorite holiday? Oh, Christmas. Oh, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. What about May 17th? Oh, yeah, Alex Gomez Day. Oh, my goodness. This is, this is crazy. This is one for the record books. What was your first car? Oh, it was a 76 Cutlass. Would you rather? There is no substitute. A 76 Cutlass? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rather be on Survivor or Chopped? Oh, Survivor all day long. Your favorite fiction book of all times? Where the Red Fern Grows. Your first celebrity crush? Farrah Fawcett. Your current... And still. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. Your current celebrity crush is still Farrah Fawcett? Uh, Gwen Williams. Gwen Williams. Yeah, she's awesome. And finally, your favorite dining restaurant... uh, I'm sorry, your favorite fine dining restaurant in Cherokee County? Oh gosh, that's the last one I had was uh, Queenie's, the salty to the salty mule. I like them all. Oh, local lane. I, I can't. I'm, okay. not, I'm not. I'm not going to be able to hit that one because I'm okay. a big fan well. of Cherokee County's food. Enjoy Cherokee Voices and Enjoy Cherokee Magazine are produced by EMI, a nationally recognized award-winning multimedia content producer. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. For additional information about this and all of our podcasts, visit enjoycherokee.com. If you enjoyed this show, click subscribe and take some time to rate and review the podcast now. It really does help us succeed in the booming world of podcasts. And now, stay tuned for Fun Facts with Katie. Fun facts with Katie. I got some fun facts. Does it have anything to do with chicken? Of course it does. Chicken. We interviewed the Chick-fil-A man, of course. I got a, I got a, something funny to say, though. What? So my niece is Brooke and Beth. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the Olympics. So there was 1996 Olympics. Yes. My family, my nieces, Brooke and Beth from Wisconsin, mm-hmm. were so excited about the 1996 Olympics. They drove down from Wisconsin. And they came into Georgia or wherever. I don't even know if it was Georgia or it was another state. But they saw and stopped at a Chick-fil-A. But they didn't know how to pronounce it. Oh. For whatever reason, they thought it was the chicken filla. Oh, my gosh. So to this day, my family refers to it as chicken filla. That is hilarious. I know. <laughs> that is so funny. I love that. So, yeah. So tell me all you can about the chicken filla. 
All right. Well, so there are actually 2,672 Chick-fil-A's just in the United States. Say that number again. 2,672. Almost 2,700 in the United States. Yep. Are there any outside of the U.S. or don't you know that? There are some. I'm not sure about the number, though. I bet they pronounce it chicken fila. Probably. Probably not. Maybe. That's just in my family. Wow, that's a, that's a lot of chicken. Yes, it is a lot of chicken. And actually, there's also a lot of chicken in Georgia. Oh, let's hear it. So, as many people may know, Atlanta is the Chick-fil-A headquarters. It's located just south of downtown Atlanta in College Park. Woohoo! Yeah. So naturally, of the three top states with the most Chick-fil-A locations, you would think we would be number one. We're not? We are number two. That almost, that's a heartbreaker. Only to be outdone by the state of Texas. Of course. Texas Everything's has, bigger in Texas. Of course. Texas has 441 Chick-fil-A's and we have 247. Holy cow. Ca- 200 more in Texas. I blame it on their land mass. <laughs> we'll blame it on their land mass. Because. They have massive land. They do. When you break it down by cities with Chick-fil-A locations, Houston is the top city with 53 Chick-fil-A locations, but second is Atlanta with 43 Chick-fil-A locations. Houston outdid Atlanta on I know. that. I'm Surprising. still surprised, Yeah. Surprising, but we're not that far behind. No, 10. We can do it. Yeah. Wow. So we got a lot of Chick-fil-A here in Atlanta. We sure do. Not surprising, but. And every one of them are closed on Sunday. Isn't that cool? Yes, it is. Hmm. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What else you got over there? Aside from the Chick-fil-A, we know Kevin has written this book called Irrational Kindness. Mm -hmm. And to supplement that, he also hosts his own podcast. And he has some very unique guests. He's got a World War II vet that he's interviewed. He's interviewed Bob Goff, who he mentioned as the New York Times bestselling author. And he also has interviewed our local mayor, Bill Grant, mayor of Canton. He's a fun guy, too. He is. So... You can check that out wherever you get your podcasts. That's another fun podcast for you to listen to and supporting local podcasts, which we love. That's right. He's a he's a very good speaker. He yeah. and his podcasts are really well done. So right. you're gonna enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um another thing is Kevin mentioned this earlier also, but the proceeds, one hundred percent of the proceeds of irrational kindness are gonna benefit foster and adopted youth. So it's very easy. Just go to irrationalkindness.com to order your copy of the book. It's on Amazon. It's on their website, all the places. So definitely visit their website to read more about it and pick up a copy. And two, if you would like to read more about Kevin's story and more about his book, you can visit enjoycherokee.com to read the Irrational Kindness story featured in the May-June issue of Enjoy Cherokee Magazine. That's right. And there's lots of other stories to read there, too. There's lots of stories, lots of great local stories. So definitely check out Enjoy Cherokee Magazine. That's right. Anything else? That's all my fun facts. Fun facts with Katie? Another winner. Yep. All right, everybody. Now get out there and enjoy Cherokee. Cherokee.